this episode of Shro Bros, we talk. Patrick looks at his phone, and I read a book. We're just going to just talk about our feedback to start off with. Let's, yeah, let's start with the feed. All right. You've been getting any feedback? Y- yeah, a little bit. All right. Fill us in. Well, I, I don't know what all I should say because some has been good, some has been bad. Oh. No, most of it's been good. Um, the only Mostly family. That's mostly about all we got. Mostly family, yeah. Um, I did, for those who didn't hear, so... I title our podcast by um, what we call it, like DMs or Mars or whatever. And then after that, I put in parentheses, EP dot or period, and then whatever number it is. And mom makes sense. And then mom interprets that as Ephesians 2, <laughs> Ephesians 2, 3, or 4. Hey, we ain't rewriting the Bible here. No, mom, we're not, we're not doing that, okay? <laughs> It's kind of like the time we tried to explain um, Apple products to her, like referring to them as generations. Oh, Oh, she thought like we were talking about like a fourth gen iPod, I think. And she's like, what does that mean? Does that mean like grandparents or grandkids (laughs) have to buy them? How does this work? Okay. And (laughs) mom. And then I think Eric said that I don't fade out the music at the end of the podcast. He gets whiplash. And so he gets whiplash, yeah. Um, I, Uncle Eric, um, I, I know a few good neck braces to recommend. Um, I don't know. I might start fading it out, but whiplash may occur um, daily if, if me fading out music is causing, causing hemorrhaging. <laughs> what does hemorrhaging mean? <laughs> I think bleeding. Oh, okay. <laughs> Whiplash has gone too far at that point. Yeah. Um but that's Okay, yeah, try to fade it out gentle this time. Yeah, that's anyway. all the feedback I had. All right. I got one Instagram message. Uh this is from Psalms three seven period four dash five. You're uh, just gonna let us figure out or have to look up no, who that is. Uh, our cousin Geneva from South Carolina, now Idaho. Hi, Geneva. Yep. Yes, she, there's a lot of emojis in here, so I'm not sure I can translate (laughs) all those, but here's the text part. Dude, you and Tiggs are such Mennonites. Fun to listen to your podcast, though. Yeah, so she liked it. She liked it. I'm good for that. Yeah, and man, I'm not quite sure what she means by Mennonite. Such Mennonite. We are Mennonites. Yeah. I like our church. Oh, I love, yeah, I love our church. And Tiggs hasn't been on the podcast yet. Yeah. This is TJ. TJ, I'm here. Yeah, uh, Tiggers in um, Mountain View Nursing that's Home. Fun. I used Not the first time you guys have been mixed up. Though. Yeah, I used to get offended when we were younger that I got mixed up with Tyler, but now as I'm getting older, I realize <laughs> it's a compliment. <laughs> hey, I'm just as athletic and yeah, just, nice yeah. to be around as he is. But okay. Thank you very much for the compliment, Geneva. We appreciate yeah, it. We love getting Family yeah. and friends to tell us what they. Daryl also said he listened to it. Oh yeah, he. What did he say? He, he was said it was interesting because he knew us. Yeah. But that was about it. Yeah. 
Well, glad our friends. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's it's still just more for us learning how to communicate better. Oh yeah, the pod. Yeah. Yeah. And if other people like listening, that's good. Yeah. Um, please do listen though and give us feedback. We enjoy it. Anyway, so moving on to our content for this week, or do yeah. we have anything else we need to talk no, about? No, I don't really think so. Um, last week I said I was gonna put in a song. Like you said that since the beginning. I have, yeah, a little strummage, and I, I, I will warn the listeners if I'm going to sing it. I probably won't sing. For put a in while, time code so people can skip. Put in time code. You like in YouTube videos, like in the description sometimes. Oh yeah. They say like what certain parts yeah. be then you can like That's skip. handy. I like that. It's very handy. Anyway, but so yeah. feedback's all done. Yeah, feedback's all done and I apologize to those who may or may not be hoping for songs from yeah. the Shrill Bros podcast. It's not happening for a while yet. You were going to talk about the books you're reading though, right? Oh yeah, should I start off with that or did you want to read it. yours? Okay. No, I'll read my story at the okay. end. Okay. So, yes. I've got a Christmas story to read later on. I am reading two books right now that well i'm trying to read a lot but i'm, <laughs> I'm failing failing gradually um anyways these two books are love does i can see them right now and extreme ownership and i i uh don't know quite how to put this into words but i'm gonna try my best give it so, a shot um they're written by two love does and extreme ownership are written by two completely different um in my mind authors so Extreme Ownership is written by ex-Navy SEALs who, um, you know, they... Um, <laughs> they get stuff done. They get stuff done, Jack. <laughs> and, you know, they've been on the battlefield. They've seen horrors and their heart... Served in Ramadi, Iraq for yeah, a while. Yeah, and, you know, they've, they're all about leadership and they're all about, you know, doing Extreme stuff... Extreme Doing stuff for the mission and everything for the greater good to accomplish whatever mission you're on. And Bob Goff, <laughs> who wrote <laughs> Love Does. There's basically just is, balloons on the cover. Yeah. <laughs> and he's kind of what I would picture as the exact opposite. Still, both are great guys, but... Both run to the end of the dock and jump in. Yeah, they live life full, but they live it differently. Like, I picture Bob flapping around, <laughs> whereas I picture Jocko Willick, who wrote Extreme Ownership. I picture him charging Like a motorboat. And yet, um, they... Both, um, what I'm getting to is they both approach um, focus and what engagement the same way. So um, Bob Goff calls focus or engagement um, being around people and being fully into them, being fully into the conversation and relationship. Being present. um, Basically doing Jocko's version of extreme ownership and, you know, being there completely and just focusing on the people right in front of him, except he does it like a loose, flappy goose with balloons and all whatnot. Whimsy. Yeah, and then Jocko Willick is all about, you know, being, doing whatever it takes and focusing only on what um, will accomplish the mission and stuff. Mm -hmm. Give us your best Jocko impression. Back in in Ramadi, we were surrounded. There was no way out. I looked to my left, and I saw Navy SEALs. I'd gone through buds with. We'd suffered. There was hardship everywhere. But now, all our training paid off. And with extreme leadership, we were able to crush the enemy, bring heavy firepower, 
And with QRF and TFC and KFC, <laughs> KFC, we were able to defeat the enemy. Can I try Bob Goff? <laughs> yeah, try your Bob Goff now. Oh, it was so cool. And then we went out there, and one of my best friends, who I knew maybe 10 years ago, I met him at a balloon conference in Miami. He's not that Miami. Sorry to correct you. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> okay. Edit, edit my criticism. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but anyways, you guys get the idea. And I'm basically what I'm learning from these two books now is that, um, yeah, there's um, these guys focused, and while their while their end uh, I don't know goals or end product is completely different, mm-hmm. because they both focused and were engaged, as Bob Goff says, they um, got great reward from that i would say yeah yeah that's what i'm learning from my books that's pretty cool and interesting thing they're also both from the same city oh san diego san diego at san diego for yeah people who yeah. don't speak shrock yeah um yeah they both are really good books i'd recommend them mm-hmm. um since we're such mennonites like i would recommend like bob goff he goes way into like just loving people and diving all in and not having whatever you do fit into like specific labels or boxes. Um, not necessarily playing by all the rules of organized. Um, Sounds very 2019. Yeah, a little bit, but I, I still think it brings good balance, like especially to Mennonites. Like, um, yeah, I can't communicate very clearly here, I guess, but I enjoyed it. It was good for me. Yeah. Good read, good read, guys. Good read. And extreme ownership too is yeah. good. Um, it's a little bit different. Like these guys believe in using force to deadly spread. force, <laughs> deadly force, yeah, and um, <laughs> extreme firepower. Yeah. Um, Both good reads if you come into it with just a yeah. yeah. But there's like a lot of good universal truths to be taken from it mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, that was my, I guess, book review. Yeah, of this week. Anyway. So, you want to hear the Christmas story? I do, yeah. Well, I don't know. What's this that? actually is a story that it's in um, a CLE reader. <laughs> okay. Oh, 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 Hunter's here. Oh, Hunter's here, dude. Yeah. This, this um, might be cool. Someone just pulled in our lane here. Um, so, anyway, do you remember your story hour cassettes? I, I can't get them out of my head. <laughs> All five of their Mama. little music. Yeah. Uh, I can't even... Um, there's like five musical transitions. I should go look for that um, transitions. Yeah. And add them in. Anyway, they had a story in a reader that was on your story hour, and now it's in this reader. And it's a really good, it's a little bit cheesy of a Christmas story, but it's good. I really liked it. It is called The Sheaf of Grain by Bernadine Beatty. It was Christmas Eve. Young Mike sat at the window, looking down the highway toward the west. He could just see the lights of Old Mike's filling station glimmering through the swirling snow. In front of every house and on each side of the highway stood a tall pole to which a sheaf of grain had been attached. Mama, he called, may I go up to Grandpa's? You just want to hear Grandpa's Christmas story again, Mama said, coming to stand beside Mike. Sometimes I think we hang those sheaves of grain more to please your Grandpa than for any other reason. No, Mike said, for the birds and for Olaf. Hmm, Mama said. Everybody but your grandpa knows Olaf's been dead these many years. Nobody could have lived through that storm. Mike supposed Mama was right, but it was too bad. Grandpa wanted a better ending for his Christmas story, 
a happy one, and so did he. We're along, Mama said, but you and your grandpa close up and come home by ten. Mike reached the filling station just as a large car pulled into the drive. A tall man slid from beneath the wheel. He wore a trim, dark blue uniform and a white cap with a visor covered with a gold braid. He looked larger than life somehow, outlined against the dark, snow-swept prairie. Mike's eyes bulged when he heard Grandpa call the man Captain. Mike had never seen a sea captain before. Tell me, the stranger asked, why are there sheaves of grain hanging before all the houses? Old Mike perked up. Do you have time for a story? There's always time for a story, said the man from the sea. Come inside, Grandpa said, where it's warm. The stranger shook his head when Mike offered him a chair near the small hissing gas stove. Instead, he pulled his cap low over his eyes and sat in a shadowy corner of the small room. Grandpa took his regular place beside the stove, and Mike sat beside him, hoping no customers would stop and disturb the telling of the story. Once, many years ago, Grandpa Mike began, there lived a rancher and his wife who were very fond of children. Years passed. When no children came to bless their home, they started caring for the homeless boys who came their way. And there were many of them, for those were the days of a great depression, when hunger stalked the land. First one boy drifted in, then another, until every room in the rancher's home was filled with homeless boys. They were a rough lot, those lads. The rancher was always getting them out of scrapes at school. Many folks said he was raising them for the jailhouse. Maybe he was. They were a wild bunch, all right. Then one spring day, a different sort of lad drifted in. He was tall, with hair the color of sun-ripened wheat, and he gave his name as Olaf Jensen. He came from a land far across the sea, and he was as strong as a winter storm. Yet there was something strangely gentle and kind about him. Flowers he planted bloomed more quickly than others. Birds sang when he was near, and the orneriest critter on the ranch would settle down at the sound of Olaf's voice. Young Mike looked up, knowing Grandpa would pause at this point. He always did. Mike knew there would be a faraway look in old Mike's eyes almost as if you were hearing Olaf's voice. Yes, the stranger prompted softly. The boys did not like Olaf, Grandpa continued. He was different from them. Yah, he said, instead of yes, and sometimes he spoke in a strange foreign tongue. They felt like the rancher and his wife had a feeling for Olaf they did not have for them. They became jealous. When the rancher and his wife were not around, the boys tormented Olaf with every meanness they could think of. This grieved Olaf, who looked on every living thing with love. Why didn't Olaf fight back? the stranger asked. One day he did. One Christmas Eve, snowy and cold, much like today. Olaf had attached a sheaf of grain to a pole and stuck it in the ground near the ranch house. For the birds, he had told the others, it is a custom in my country. The boys laughed at him, pulled down the pole, and scattered the grain. Olaf replaced the grain and the pole time after time. Finally, the boys tired of the sport and left the pole standing. Later, however, one of them, the ringleader, saw a bird fluttering around the grain. He took a slingshot and killed the bird. Olaf saw it. He ran forward and touched the bird with his gentle fingers, then turned on the ringleader, his eyes flashing blue fire. He threw the boy to the ground and fell on him. The other boys were stunned by the fury of Olaf's rage. They tried to pull him off. Stop! Stop! You'll kill him! One of the boys cried. The madness and anger went from Olaf's face. He stood, a deep sadness in his eyes. I will go, he said softly. I bring only unhappiness here. My heart is sick. When it heals, I may return. He buttoned his jacket and disappeared into the swirling snow. The boys became frightened as the storm turned into a blizzard. It was twenty miles to the nearest town. Olaf would surely die. The boys went to the rancher and told him. The rancher stood very tall and looked at them. Where have I failed you all? he asked. Then he saddled his horse and rode into the storm to find Olaf. Darkness fell and he did not return. 
the boys saddled their horses and formed a line to search. Not far from the ranch, they found the rancher, fallen from his horse and half buried in the snow. They wrapped him up in their coats and hurried him to a line shack that was used during roundups. They saw that the old man was burning up with fever. He would not live long without medicine and warm food. The boys drew lots to see who would go for help. The lot fell on the ringleader, who had provoked Olaf in the flight. He could go. He would go. He rode out, pulling his cap down against the blinding snow. Now old Mike smoked with difficulty, holding back tears. Soon, he went on, I was lost in a world of darkness. All I could do was ride on, hoping my horse would somehow take me home. Suddenly, the horse shied at something, some unknown sound, and he threw me. I grabbed at the reins, but he disappeared into the storm. I stood up and stumbled on, and I began to pray. Did I pray? I had never prayed before, never, but I prayed that night. It didn't take long before all my strength was gone. I stumbled and fell. I couldn't go any further. I crawled forward a few feet and lay over. My shoulder fell against something, a pole rising above the snow. I looked up, and there at the top of the pole was Olaf's sheaf of grain. Then I knew I was home. Peering through the snow, I saw the lights of the ranch house. I was home. We were able to send out the old rancher, and he sent help out to the old rancher, and he pulled out of it. The stranger stared long at Grandpa. What happened to the other boys? Grandpa was struggling with the emotion of it. Something he felt over and over again, even after all the years that had passed since that day. So young Mike took up his tale. The boys changed after that. They tried harder to be good sons to the rancher. Most of them are living right close by, and many of their sons and daughters, too. So that's the reason for the sheaves on the poles, Grandpa explained. So no trace of Olaf? the captain asked. No, young Mike said. That's the sad part. He never knew that he didn't bring unhappiness. But because of him, most of the boys gave up their wild ways. The stranger stood. He seemed to fill the room. He took off his cap and his white hair, tinged slightly still with the color of ripe wheat, shone in the dim light. Suddenly, young Mike's eyes widened. Grandpa moved forward. On his face was the expression of a man whose dream had been realized. Olaf? he said, grasping the captain's hand. Olaf? Young Mike slipped from the room, running to tell Mama what was happening in the little filling station down the road. The two old men would finish, should finish telling the story alone, Mike thought. But he welcomed the happy ending into his heart. The end. Wow. That brings back uh, memories. Yeah. Yeah. Good story, though. That story has... I thought it was kind of uh, your story, our original, and forgot it was in the CLE books. Yeah, I'm not... Obviously, it has an author. I don't know much of the history behind her, but... Nice. Kind of a... Christmassy story. Oh, we should have. Should we talk about our Christmas? Should we talk about our Christmas? It's kind of. Let's make it quick. Kind of too late. I mean, we had Christmas. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. We had people come up from Indiana visit us, which is really cool. That was really cool. Yeah. Um, we, we got some pretty nice cousins. Yeah, got to do some exciting we went things tubing, with them. Crystal Mountain. Too totally tubular. Totally tubular. Um, what else did we do? We played games. We ate food. A lot of Catan. Yeah, lots of. Lot, didn't we Watch mention Sue Thomas? Sue Thomas, yes. Yesterday we went to Christie Mountain. That was cool. Oh yeah, good day, boy. Well, they left before the Miller yeah. cousins left, and then. And now Shrocks are here. We're yeah. gonna go skating, hang out at a gym, and do all sorts of other Christmas stuff. Yeah, yeah. Eat food again. <laughs> <coughs> all right. So about the end of this episode. Yeah, about the end of this episode. Uh. End it with a question? Oh, yeah. What should our question be? If you had the world's attention, 
for 30 oh, seconds, yeah. what would you say? See, I didn't, I didn't think about that much. It's a really tough one. I'm not. Yeah. If you, okay. Something so, about the gospel. I think yeah. that's the most. We'd thing. all agree that's, that's what you'd want to put in there. Yeah. Like you want, you want to spread that. But how to do it in a way because so many people have been hurt by the gospel. You can't give a nuanced picture of the gospel really because. And the gospel isn't made for 30 seconds. It's made for. Yeah. <laughs> to be. But it can have impact in those 30 seconds. If people do stop yeah. to think about it and the Holy Spirit will work in them. Yeah. And I shouldn't say the gospel isn't made for something. Yeah. It's, uh, it's made. For God but can use it anywhere. Some people have a negative connotation to spiritual words. Yeah. So depending on how you say it, you could just end up taking some people off. Okay, we're saying we're thinking too much. Are we overthinking this? Yeah, okay. Should I just anyway. start a timer on each of us and then we start talking and then that's it? Like a chess timer? Like... You've got 10 seconds to be prepared for I get this timer going. Oh, like in answering yeah. the 30 seconds. To, oh, Five. no, dude, I'm going to stumble. All right. Well, that's you're going. Uh, all right. Let me tell you, God loves you. He's got a plan for living your life. He wants to give you happiness, but finding happiness is not. Ah, I'm stumbling. <laughs> um, the way to find happiness might not be the way that you think. Go talk to your local pastor. He can help you out. <laughs> okay, that was 24 seconds. Six seconds to spare. All right, now we got time. You. Uh, all right, go. Uh, I thought I had something. Now I don't. <clears throat> um. All right. Well, good to see you, world. Um. All I can say is I've messed up quite a many, quite a few times, and I can say that coming out of those um, failures and stuff, that my biggest uh biggest thing i learned is that jesus christ has helped me through that and please talk to someone you know who knows jesus christ and they can help you not bad right at 30 seconds right at 30 all right so <laughs> let's Good go deal. get the world's attention <laughs> yeah i'm not sure how you're gonna oh, do that man man that would be you can't even get all the people on your whatsapp group no <laughs> we don't even have i hope we have our podcast listeners attention anyway anyway so this has been a good episode yeah what would you do if you had the world's attention for 30 seconds? What would you say if you had the world's attention for 30 seconds? Thank you for listening. Keep your stick on the ice. <laughs>